0: Let's talk a little bit about Kanye West becoming a Christian. Let's talk about honor in America today. And are the Democrats fascist? Let's talk about all that today on the nonpartisan evangelical WTH version, The Week That Happened. Hi, everybody. Paul Swearingen here, the nonpartisan evangelical. Glad you're with me today on the WTH Week That Happened podcast, where we talk current events and things going on. just want to encourage you to join us on our NPE Patreon community, where you become a patron. And for a slight bit of of investment into this message of the nonpartisan evangelical, you get to all kinds of cool stuff uh, with me and my wife and, and conversations and hanging out. But mostly. You're just saying, hey, we believe in the message of the nonpartisan evangelical. We think Christianity can do better than just being a political force and actually can do better when it's not trying to be a political force. So if you want to help us out, go to uh, my uh, website, npepodcast.com, click on the partner with us button right at the top of the screen, and you can join, uh, become an NPE Patreon patron and help us keep going with this mission to challenge mindsets to gather people into community and to call people to action to change the world with the love and power of God and our faith and our spirituality behind us. All right. So I'd love it if you'd join us over there on Patreon. So welcome to the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. Uh, a lot of things to talk about as impeachment continues to go forward. The Nats win the World Series. Uh, all kinds of good stuff coming on. And, and Kanye West has become a Christian. Um We'll talk some more about that. It's not a topic that I'm deeply knowledgeable on, but I do have some feel on it, so we'll talk about that. Um, But first, I want to talk a little bit about this. The Washington Nationals won the World Series, and because the Nats were in the World Series, that meant we had World Series games in Washington, and President Trump showed up at the game and was announced to the crowd, and this was the response. Now, if you've listened to me for a little bit, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of the president. Um, I think there's a lot of things I would like to see him do differently, and I'm certainly not in the tank of he's the Messiah come to save evangelicals from those people. Um, But I was not a fan of booing, and I certainly was not a fan of lock him up. Uh, It was, I think, Michelle Obama who coined uh, the term, when they go low, we go high, And I I actually think there's really something to that. I I think the Christian life is about being outside of what culture would do. And so this idea of like, well, President Trump had Jeff Sessions go out and, and lead the chant of lock her up at the Republican National Convention, which, by the way, was a what I thought was a low moment in American political history. We've gone way below that now. Uh, but that was a low moment, I thought. But that doesn't mean you come back and then do the same. I mean, that—that that is what drives President Trump. If somebody comes after me, I'm going to come after them twice as hard, twice as dirty, twice as ugly, and uh, twice dishonorable. And to me, that's just not the, the mindset that's ever displayed in Scripture. Ever. And so I was a little bit disappointed in the Nats fan, although I understand what they were doing and why they were doing it honor and integrity have, have been a lot on my mind as, as we continue into the impeachment hearings, and I'll talk a little bit more about uh, those impeachment hearings and what all of that uh, means and what's happening there in the latest, but one of the things I wanted to talk about with this thing about honor is, um, you know, what does it mean? Is it is it important to us, and why does it matter? Um you know, Jesus would say things in the Bible like, if you're forced to go a mile, go to. And one of the things he was talking about here is there was a law that a Roman soldier could force you to carry his armor or carry something for him, and you had to go a mile. That was the law. And so the Jews would follow the law, and when they hit that mile mark, they would throw the 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 Roman gear on the ground. They would spit. They would kick it. And, and show how, how unjust this was that a Roman soldier could make this happen. And it was. And so what Jesus said is, you want to show that you have more power over injustice? When they make you go a mile, go two. When they take your cloak in a lawsuit, give them your tunic, which was against the law. Somebody could sue you for your cloak. They couldn't sue you for tu- your tunic because then they were putting your life in danger. And he's like, if they're going to steal that, give them more than what they ask for. That not being a victim is in and of itself the most powerful thing for people to do out there, and we've just lost that. We, we, Christians now, as much as anybody, is you say something bad about us, we will attack you, we will jump you, and there's just a, a severe lack of honor and integrity, and some of that is coming from the president. The president was at uh, an event this last week in Chicago, doing one of his rallies, And, uh, and this is what he had to say in Chicago.
1: Last year, 565 people were murdered in Chicago. Since Eddie Johnson has been police chief, more than 1,500 people have been murdered in Chicago and 13,067 people have been shot. And recently they had 78 shootings over a weekend spree and three people killed. And Chicago has the toughest gun laws in the United States. That doesn't seem to be working too well, does it? But under Johnson's leadership, they certainly don't protect people. It's embarrassing to us as a nation. All over the world, they're talking about Chicago. Afghanistan is a safe place by comparison.
0: It's true. In case you didn't know, that's the president of the United States talking. Yeah, the president of the United States saying that Afghanistan, a place where he has never gone, is safer than Chicago. And and the whole world is talking about it, which by the way, we know isn't true. The president is definitely prone to exaggeration. And what he's doing is he's taking shots at a police chief that refused to show up for the event. So again, you do something that uh, the president doesn't like, he will come back twice as hard as you. That's our guy, Christians. That's our guy. Because Jesus said, if somebody makes you go a mile, you kick him in the behind and spit at him and call him a fat dog. That's biblical. And so when the people of America start chanting, lock him up and booing the president, I say, Let's stop that and not do that. But how can you blame the American people? This is what is displayed for us by the President of the United States every day. Honor and integrity mean nothing. Honor and integrity, I would say the President would say to you, are for losers. And he doesn't like losers. He didn't even like John McCain because John McCain got put into a prison cell as a prisoner of war. And yeah, John McCain could have gone out because his dad was important and they were going to let him go. And he said, no, he wouldn't leave his other com- his other uh, fellow uh, soldiers behind. But that doesn't stop the president from dishonoring him. So honor and integrity are way down. And, and I thought about this some this week, and I was talking about it with some of you guys on Facebook when, um, gosh, and I don't have the name of the ISIS leader that was killed this week and the president made his statement about it. And I was thinking about this this week, and I actually thought about this uh, when President Obama had ordered the killing of Osama bin Laden, and people took to the streets. They were actually in front of the White House that night, chanting "USA." Uh, people were very excited, and for me, it, it made me uncomfortable. It made me think: Is that what we're supposed to do? Is that who we are as Americans—that we we go out and cheer the death of, the ma- of a man? And and where I where I came to was I I believe. God, I believe God followers, the way they look at the world can say, President Obama did the right thing to uh, rule for, you know, to say, go and get bin Laden. And and President Trump did the right thing to say, go get the ISIS leader. Uh, That's their job. And so I can applaud that. But at the same time, am I supposed to thrill over the death of human beings, even our enemies? And so what I got from a lot on Facebook was, hey, you know, David killed Goliath and we're happy Goliath was dead. We're, you know, here are these other times and this, these were evil people. And let me tell you all the evil, they beheaded people. And that's, it's, and I'm like, yes, again, I can say, I applaud the president for making the call that he made. But then when he comes out and starts talking about how he died And in graphic detail and thrilling over it, I wonder, is that what Jesus would have done if he were on earth? I I know people get, get upset when I say, hey, would Jesus have posted that Facebook post you just posted? And they're like, well, I'm not Jesus. But didn't Jesus model the life we're supposed to lead as a Christian? So would Jesus have been out chanting USA on the night? that Osama bin Laden died? Would he have thrilled at hearing the grisly details of this ISIS leader pulling the cord and, and blowing up himself and his three children? I I don't think so. I don't think God was in heaven going, this is a great day. I think God was in, in heaven saying, it was a tragic end to my beautiful creation. I think he also would challenge us with, why do you think Why do you think Osama bin Laden was the way that he was? Do you think there was some injustice that ever happened in his life that caused him to become what he became? And for me, when there was some injustice that happened to me in my life and I did some bad things out of that injustice, I wanted everybody to understand, to call me out of it, yes, but to understand I'm doing this because of some pain in my life. But I don't give that same thought to others. Isn't that kind of like the guy that had the debt forgiven, but wouldn't forgive the guy that owed him the debt. I just think our mindset has got a little, a little off in this. Um, I had my cousin who's running for office. Janae Gilreath is running for office in Arkansas. She was on my podcast this week and she talked about this in our opening line. Let me see if I can pull this up.
2: The whole idea of Christianity is to go against human nature. You look at what Jesus did, he was beyond human nature. And I hate it that Christians right now are so human. Huh. It, it does very little to persuade people that, that there is an awesome answer to our spiritual needs in life and that we are spiritual beings. Yeah. Um, when we're nothing more than just like everybody else, and can be full of hate and contempt and greed and bitterness. We're supposed to be different.
0: That's Janae huffman Gilry. She's a candidate for office, for state office, in the state of Arkansas. And you can hear that podcast on our website, npepodcast.com. But aren't we supposed to be different? Shouldn't we stick out? And I don't mean stick out because we vigorously defend our guys and vigorously curse the others. (laughs) Jesus said that the display that God is in your life is that you're not only willing to love your friends and neighbors and family, but love your enemies. And for us, love has become, we're going to point out and condemn where you're horrible. That's what love has become. And it's a, and it's a terrible thing. So because I believe... That, that honor is a biblical principle that we're supposed to be bringing to the world, and we've given that up in, in exchange for our partisanship and being able to support our president who's going to support and appoint our Supreme Court justices that we don't have to uh, continue to do that. So let's talk about some other areas where I think lack of honor showed up. By the way, you're listening to the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I'm Paul swearingen your Nonpartisan Evangelical. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander S. Vidman uh, was testifying in the impeachment inquiry this week. And this is a guy that's a, a soldier. His family came from the Ukraine, assimilated to the United States, a soldier. He won a Purple Heart in battle. He showed up at his testimony in his dress blues. And, you know, Republicans and Christians, we are, if nothing else, patriotism has become a fruit of the spirit for us in the church. And so we are patriotic. We honor our police officers and our first responders, as we should. We honor our soldiers. We always honor our soldiers, unless, of course, they don't agree with us politically. Then all of a sudden, our honor goes out the door. This is uh, this is a clip. This is from MSNBC, which I know will turn some of you off already. But Nicole Wallace was a speechwriter for George W. Bush. Uh, she has a show on there. But I, I just want to play this. She she was talking about um, how as as, Alec- as Lieutenant Colonel Alexander S. Bidman was getting ready to come to testify, he began to have his character destroyed over on a certain cable news network. Uh, it's called the Christian News Network. I think is that is that what's Oh, it's Fox. Fox News Network. That's right. Um, It's the Fox News Network. And so Nicole Wallace addresses how... This starts to happen on Fox News. They start to destroy the character of this guy, which becomes, you know, you think they talk to the president a lot. They're probably getting their talking points from the White House. And then we'll have Liz Cheney, a Republican, follow up on that. But first, listen to Nicole Wallace. So Nicole Wallace is going to lead into this. Then we're going to hear from some Fox News hosts and guests talking about Lieutenant Colonel Alexander S. Vidman, who uh, his parents had immigrated from Ukraine. Then Nicole Wallace is going to go badass and finish this up. Then we'll talk about Liz Cheney after that. So let me play this clip from uh, uh, MSNBC.
1: And has a master's degree from Harvard. He's worked in several embassies and he joined the National Security Council last year after passing an extensive background check, unlike some other West Wing advisors we know. His biography and his life of service make the attacks against him remarkable at a time when attacks on once sacred institutions and their leaders have stopped being noteworthy or newsworthy. Trump went from not knowing him to calling him a never Trumper in the course of an hour and a half this morning. But that's nothing compared to the smear campaign happening on cable news. We also know he was born in the Soviet Union, emigrated with his family, young. Uh, He tends to uh, feel simpatico with the Ukraine. It seems very clear that he is incredibly concerned about Ukrainian defense. I don't know that he's concerned about American policy, but his main mission was to make sure that the Ukraine got those weapons. I understand that. We all have an affinity to our homeland where we came from. Like me, I'm sure that Vidman has the same affinity.
0: Here we have a U.S.- national security
2: official who is advising ukraine while working inside the white house apparently against the president's interest and
1: usually they spoke in english isn't that kind of an interesting angle on this story i find that astounding and you know some people might call that espionage except those people aren't chicken shit like the three of you and they know that he passed a background check that the president's
0: daughter and son-in-law didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I, I don't. You know that's probably not very honoring either. And the and the thing is probably if you're some of you listening to me right now, uh, and this is a play on a word words from something I've heard in a very famous sermon from the past. Uh, but some of you are probably more concerned that Nicole Wallace just said chicken ass than Fox News network people were besmirching the character and patriotism calling him out as a as a foreign spy, a, a purple heart decorated lieutenant colonel uh, with a, a life of service to the country and an amazing resume. And probably you're more concerned that we just had the word shit on the podcast than that. And that's part of the problem here. Now, fortunately, Republicans who want to defend the president at all costs, no matter what he does at all times, because they're afraid they won't get reelected if they don't. Thank God, somebody from the Republican Party had the brains to step up and say, no, this is not going to happen. This is Liz Cheney.
1: Now, I also want to say a word about something else that's been going on over the course of the last several hours and, and last night, uh, which I think is also shameful. And that is questioning the patriotism, questioning the dedication to country of people uh, like Mr. Vindman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who will be coming today. Um, and others who have testified. Uh, I think that we need to show that we are better than that as a nation. Their, their patriotism, their love of country, we're talking about decorated veterans who have served this nation, who have put their lives on the line, and it is shameful to question their patriotism, their love of this nation, and we should not be involved in that process. Uh, we need to make sure that we are abiding by, upholding the Constitution, uh, just because the Democrats refuse to do that does not mean that we ought to let ourselves be drugged down to the level at which they're
0: operating, and, and we won't do that as Republicans. So that's Liz Cheney. She's a Republican representative from Wyoming, the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. And thank God. And and some of you may be saying, oh, she did that for political purposes. And yes, she did take a shot at the Democrats at the end. And that's that's politics. I'll live with that. But it, it, and maybe she, you know, she may have had some big donor that came and said, "You have to do this or else." And and our guy Kevin McCarthy from Bakersfield, who's in the tank for the president no matter what, even he was standing behind her when she said it. So thank goodness somebody from uh, from our side of the aisle, the Republicans, stood up and said, "Fox News, you're not going to destroy this guy's character." And and fortunately, the the president. Uh, came out with sort of the never Trumper thing after saying he'd never heard of the guy. Uh, I think we've backed off on that too, because I don't think that played with people. And again, it goes back to honor and what we're trying to do. The interesting thing about Fox right now is they had two of their longtime people leave in the last week. Shepard Smith, who was one of uh, the on, on-air uh, hosts of a show, um, who actually was willing to occasionally say something negative about the president. He left. And then uh, Catherine Herridge, uh, who was one of their originals on Fox News, she left, went to CBS and, and made an interesting statement as she was leaving um, saying, facts matter. Uh, she, she, you know, and maybe she was taking a shot at it. She says, I feel privileged to join a team in talking about CBS where facts and storytelling will always matter. Um, Shepard Smith Uh, announced that he was leaving after 23 years and uh, told his viewers as he left, it's my hope that the facts will win the day, that the truth will always matter, that journalism and journalists will thrive. Because we've lost our honor uh, for people in the media as well, and it's become really easy to write off anything that we hear that's against our narrative by just saying, the words mainstream media, and that's how that works. Um if you're interested in in my take on right wing media, I have a have a blog called uh Healed of an Addiction to Rush Limbaugh on my website at npepodcast.com that you can check out. But so this 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 thing, and as we go into impeachment, and, you know, we need to demand our leaders on both sides have integrity on this thing that it's done above board. And and I saw a friend of mine on Facebook the other day post that what the, the Democrats were doing was fascist. And uh, a Republican representative today put up a sign that said it's a Soviet-style uh, inquiry. And, and these are just such dangerous words that, that we know is not true. This is not a fascist inquiry. In fact, a judge in an American court this last week ruled that the process the Democrats were using was, is, constitutional. It is in the Constitution. That makes it not fascist. That makes it by rote a constitutional process. And we use words like fascist because it's on the other side and it helps us. And it's what the president is telling us to do. And here's the problem. We, we don't know history. We don't know what fascism was. Fascism was Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, the uh, guy in Spain, uh, Francisco Franco, Lissimo uh, Francisco Franco. Those are the fascist guys. And you know how the fascist leaders came to power in all those countries? The people were victims. They were feeling like victims. Things weren't going well. The economy was struggling. People were having problems. And they became victims. And they started looking for a strong man to come and save them. And they were feeling victims. And and all of a sudden, the strong man arises. And the strong man starts to say, hey, those foreigners... And the people outside our country, they're stealing from you. You should feel like a victim. And you know who can save you from those foreigners and the people outside our country? Me. I'm the strong man who can save you. And that's That's where fascism gets started when we and when when people start turning their allegiance to that man over the systems of their culture. So then, then the strong man starts to say, don't trust media or the whistleblowers or anybody that opposes me. You get all your media from the propaganda places that I tell you to go and I'll control the message to you because I'm the only one that can tell you the truth. I'm the only one that you can trust. The strong man says, I alone can save you. That's where fascism comes from. It starts to say, don't trust the systems of your culture. Don't trust those lifelong public servants. Only I, the strong man, can save you. That's what fascism is. Fascism isn't a a constitutionally endorsed inquiry. Is it political? Yes, I will give you that. Every impeachment has been political, i.e., look at the Republicans in the 90s completely a political process to get a man who an investigation started into Bill Clinton's land deal and ended up getting him for perjury about a a sex scandal. What fascism looks like is one man saying, don't trust anybody but me because you're a victim and only I can save you. Do you, you know what sounds more like that? Is this. It's a real big
1: scam, just like the impeachment of your president is a scam.
0: I mean, I always wonder why Donald Trump talks in third person, your president. I'm the strong man, I can save you. The strong man puts together a people group, vilifies them, makes them the enemy. And says, I'll protect you from them because they are trying to take something from you. Those immigrants, those Muslims, those people from that religion, they're trying to take something from you. And because we've lost our idea of honor and integrity, of listening to anybody that gives us an opinion that's different than ours, we can't hear it. Now, I'm not saying Trump is a fascist dictator. Don't hear that at all. But what I'm worried about in democracy is if we're not willing to trust each other and risk trust, if we're not willing to refuse to allow people to be called those people. I mean, we've done that through our history for so long. The McCarthy hearings, those communists are coming to get you. Let me be your savior. World War II, those Japanese people are coming to get you. So let's put Japanese-looking citizens into prisons. One of those prisons was just a few blocks from where I'm sitting right now. We put American citizens into prison because we became victims and we were afraid and we allowed a strong man to tell us, I can save you. And I think we have to be resistant to that and say that will never happen again. That's my talk on honor today. So I don't like us booing the president or saying lock him up. I don't like the president saying lock her up or investigate him to any of his rivals either. I don't like us cheering the deaths of other people. If we must go to war to protect our country, let our heart be broken by the deaths of war. Not only our soldiers, but our enemies as well. That's the way you keep from ever going into war you shouldn't go into anymore, which our country has done far too many times in the last century. Let's be better. Christians, we're supposed to be better. We're supposed to look different than the world. And right now we don't. We look right in the middle of the fight. The only way we can look different is we're on a different side than the other side. But we're just the other side of another coin. I think Jesus is saying we can do better You can look better. You can not have others. You can refuse to go into that mindset. Let me be that encouragement to you because I think if we do that, we can actually change the things we want to change in the world. Now, I do want to talk about Kanye West, and I'm going to go into talking about Kanye West saying I don't have the slightest idea what I'm talking about. It's not my music, not my guy, and so I'm talking from a little bit of ignorance, and so all I can do is sort of talk about it philosophically, and, and, and here's, here's my thing. I have great joy if Kanye West has found a faith in Christ that is life-changing for him and is really turning him around. I am way on board with that and I will love that happening to Kanye West. I will love that. Um and, and if and if it impacts his wife Kim Kardashian and their family and it and it makes their life fuller and freer and more joyful even if they they never change any of their behaviors, I'm still on board with it. I'm big into that. Here's the two things that that concern me. One is Really public conversions of celebrities always concern me because I'm I'm afraid of the crash. I am a licensed minister, as many of you know. I've I've seen people's lives transformed by faith. And and there's going to be a stumble along the way. There's going to be a time when they're not sure you know, their their whole belief system is being challenged and jumbled and they're going to stumble and fall. It's what we do. We're human, we're gonna bump into other humans. And when it becomes a, a very public celebrity who's having a very public conversion and doing very public things about it, then if he stumbles along the way, the danger is one side or the other starts pointing out, ah, I told you, it was all a fake. It was nothing. I just don't want to see that happen to Kanye West. I've seen it happen too many times before to too many other radically very public Transformations. I'm not questioning whether it's real or not. Christians are the ones that question somebody's Christianity. Barack Obama, I sat one day and heard him alive tell an amazing testimony of his conversion uh, to Christianity in his life, and Christians were the ones saying that guy's not a Christian. I don't do that. If Kanye West says he's had this conversion, I'm gonna believe him. Because if he has or it has it, it doesn't, it doesn't impact me. I just want to root him on. But I'm concerned about what happens. If there is an inevitable stumble or, or confusion or a wrestling with, okay, what does uh, my belief system look like now for Kanye West? So I'm concerned about that. I, I pray that that doesn't happen, but I've just seen it happen both for big time celebrities and just average Joes along the way. So that's my one concern. And here's my second concern. And again, I, I don't know a lot about this. And so I, I'm, again, talking about this from a pretty philosophical level. Um, but, I, but I was told, and then I, I was reading something, as I've been reading into a little bit, that that Kanye may have actually had a, a conversion. And he, and he wrote a song that I, again, I don't know the song, Jesus Walks, 15 years ago, that, that there was uh some talking evidence of a conversion in Conway's life a long time ago. And evangelicals didn't jump on board with it. Some theorize because he was a critic of George W. Bush. He was a critic of our president. But today because he is uh an avid MAGA hat wearing uh Trump supporter that suddenly white evangelicals are, are way on board with this, that, that uh, even the 500 Club with Pat Robertson and Focus on the Family with Jim Dobson suddenly are, are big Kanye West fans. And, and it's, it's a question worth asking. And again, I don't know that, I, I, that, that this is happening. But the question is, are they fans of Kanye West because he's a fan of their president? Mm-hmm and if that is so then that is what i call leaven of the pharisees that's a hypocrisy based around politics not around spirituality so my prayer for kanye and for his wife and his family is that they just have a realization of of who they are who god is in relationship to them and it's a really sweet wonderful changing time that brings just greater fulfillment to them and to their family. And I, could, I couldn't care less what happens publicly if his record is good or bad, if he's, uh, if, if, the, if his conversion is real or not, or any of those things. What I just want is for Kanye West's life and his wife and family to have their life be as fulfilling as it can be, their marriage to be the best it can be, and the people around them to be enlivened and, and as excited at whatever is happening in their life so just if there is a stumble remember this let him let him stumble if there is a wrestling let him wrestle and if he goes back on it let him go back on it and still continue to work out his relationship with God like I get to and you get to To finish with that and this, I did post on Facebook about the president's use of the term lynching when saying that he was being lynched by the in- impeachment inquiry, and that's a word we should never discuss. So I posted something. I posted Billie Holiday's song, Strange Fruit, uh, which you can see on my Facebook page and uh, is a haunting song about bodies uh, hanging in trees in the South, in the civil rights movement. And what happens when I post something like that is inevitably I get something, somebody, and I, I had a friend of mine do this this week and I took it down because I love the family and I don't like, mm, I don't know. I just don't like to have a, a public thing about stuff like this. But there will always be some conservative or Christian that will post something about, well, I have this black person and they wrote this and they disagree with you. Therefore, I don't, you know, in essence, what they're saying is, therefore, I don't have to deal with racial issues because I found a black person that says I don't have to. I, I support Ben Carson. Therefore, I can't be racist kind of a theory thing. I think that uh, racial inequality is something that is, has impacted our country like nothing else we've done. Nothing else we've been involved in and the reverberations of it and the continuation of it and our sophistication in doing it still is an issue we have to look at today. And again, I call my Christian brothers and sisters to be first to say, I want to humble myself and pray, seek God's face and turn from my wicked ways. Am am I hearing what I'm supposed to be hearing? And be ready to be humble and hear the stories that are coming from marginalized peoples that say, hey, we're, we're hurting quite a bit still. And we need, your, we need you to hear that. Not necessarily to help with a hand up, but to hear the story and be willing to, to do what we can to bring equality of opportunity to everyone. And just because you found a, a, an African-American writer who disagrees with that doesn't mean you don't have to deal with racial issues. So let me encourage you in that. The reason I talk about all this stuff, because I believe if we will hear this and lean into it and say, I'm going to allow my mind to be renewed like Romans 12 two, I'll be able to see what God's will is for the season. And that's where I want to see us go. Uh, I will finish today with a, a clip from my Q Common speech that I made this week. And we'll end with that.
2: We say, let's get together and use our political power to change things. And God says, true power is when you display love like this, that you're willing to die for your friend and your enemy. Is God Republican? I believe he is nothing of the sort. I also believe he's not Democrat either. The Bible says he's neither Jew nor Greek. I don't think God is really into politics at all. But a government that brings justice and shalom to all people, I think he's way into that. The Bible says that the government rests on the shoulders of Emmanuel, God with us. And to that government and the peace it will bring to its people, there will be no end. That should be our desire. Not a kingdom based on republican values, but a kingdom based on heaven's values. Not one that hopes to ban things, but to remember that God didn't enter the world to condemn people, but to heal those people, body and mind as well as their soul. Our desire should be that there are no unwanted pregnancies, no unwanted or uncared-for children, and no unwanted people at all.
0: That was from my speech uh, with Q Commons this week. You can hear the whole speech over on my website, mpepodcast.com. A little bit challenging to say to us, hey, can we think differently? Because guys, I actually think the God we carry in us can impact positively everything we want to see changed around us, our politics are not quite as powerful as God's amazing grace. So let me call you into that. And I, so I just speak blessing over you as I finish up this podcast today, the WTH version of the NPE podcast www.npepodcast.com is the website. You can go hear my Q comment speech. You can listen to my interview with Janae Huffman Gilreath and a lot of other cool stuff on there. And so I bless you. I bless your family. I bless you with honor. I give you honor even if you disagree with everything I just said. Blessings to you. That'll do it for this edition of the Nonpartisan Evangelical and... Blessings to you. Talk to you soon.